didn't see you there. Would you guys like to set sail on this ocean of flavor with me? I'll be your captain. I'm Steve Harrington. And I'm Colin. And I'm Whitney, and this is Scoops Ahoy, a Stranger Things podcast, where we go week by week, chapter by chapter, taking a look at every single episode of Stranger Things. We have now made it through every single episode that's available, and we are in the deep, dark void of waiting for season five. But in the meantime, we are here to keep you entertained, and this week, we are taking a deep dive into the character Maxine Mayfield. She's a fan fave, and... I guess we're off to the races. And a, and a personal fave, yeah. Our, you know, yes, we're, yes. We're... Also a personal fave. I do love Max. So, yeah, don't really know where to begin. We do have plenty of emails, so we'll get to those eventually. I know when we did the Mike Wheeler episode, we gave kind of a little bit of a background. So just talking about the actress, first of all, Sadie Sink, obviously, is Max Mayfield. She was born April 16th, 2002 in Texas. Got her theater start. Doing local theater in Houston, uh, when she was 10 years old, she was in Annie. She was a sw- she was Annie, and she, I think she was Annie and Pepper, and she kind of swung back and forth, depending on the night. And then made her TV debut the next year when she was 11 in The Americans, which I've never watched, but it was always- I haven't either. Her name was 11 in it? No. Oh, when she was 11. When she was 11. Oh, I was like, what? She was, she was in The Americans uh, yes. for one episode. Eventually went on to try out for Stranger Things years later, uh, after the first season had already come out. So she had already seen the first season and was a huge fan of the show when casting for season two came around and told the story that originally the casting team thought that she was too old for the part because she was 14 at the time. Which is so weird. Right. Because how old is Lucas or Caleb? Sorry. I think it was going more by look than just by, you know, flat age, obviously. But she didn't she didn't look terribly terribly old but really begged and pleaded with the casting directors and they brought her back for a chemistry read with Caleb and Gayton and was cast the next day as Max Mayfield so as she should have been the the one wrinkle in it is she told them that she was a proficient skateboarder and and was not oh Maxine so between being cast and starting filming she crash coursed probably literally on on skateboarding lessons and, and yeah. here, here we are. So well, and she's—I I know she was recently in *The Whale*, which I haven't seen. Have you seen that? I have not seen it. It's—it's it's right at the top of my list, though. I gotta—I have not seen it. But before that, it seemed like she was on her way to becoming quite the scream queen. She was in um, the *Fear Street* trilogy. She was in yep. the second one, nineteen seventy-eight or seventy-four, something like remember. that. Yep. And then she was also in that Netflix movie, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was called Eli. Yes, I think that sounds movie. right. Yep, it was pretty good. Cool. And she like played a a, a bit of a twisty character. You didn't see it coming. I, I kind of shrink away from horror, horror films famously, so I'll take your word on it. But yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> it, it was pretty good. Um, so, I absolutely loved her in the scream or the. Fear Street. Fear Street, yeah, that was really That was good. my favorite one. That was really fun, yeah. So Max is only the third character to have her name. She was the third character to have her name in a chapter title for Stranger Things after obviously Vanishing of Will Byers and Holly Jolly. Line distribution-wise, she's actually been doing pretty well. Top 10, all three seasons she was on. Season two, she was ranked number sixth. 
out of everybody. Season three, she was number eight. And then season four, she was number five out of everybody in, in terms of how many lines she had. Well, you can't just not use Sadie Sink. Oh, I know. When right. she's in there. And I, you know, I feel like Stranger Things has done a great job at changing the focus mm-hmm. of the characters because you could not convince me that Mike was not the main character of season one. Oh, absolutely. I mean, how good is it that the Duffers, and I think it kind of goes to their relative inexperience, that they just pivot and 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 are open to, you know, new ideas and, and seeing how things play out and, mm-hmm. and going, going from that. Because I imagine when they cast Sadie, I mean, sure, she was kind of, you know, one of the party or whatever, but they realized what she had, what they had with her. Yeah probably early on in season two and then throughout season three and then basically gave her season four. It was, it was, right. It was, like season yeah. four was hers. You could, yeah. she was a main character in my opinion. Like she yeah. was, you know, maybe the main character aside from 11, but right. you know, she, when the show started, it felt very much like, Oh, this is going to be a show about a group of little boys. Right. And, and then, you know, and it's, kind of a trope that a female eventually you know joins the group and she you know goes along with the tomboy theme and all of that but i'm when i did not expect her to become as significant as she has no become. no and uh, yeah and you think back to you know we do this all the time too the you know think back to halfway through season one and contrast it with halfway through season four and the the way the show has evolved and the characters that have come in and the storylines and did you see that the Stranger Writers tweeted that said yeah. season five is going to be a mix of season one and season four, but on steroids? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of concerning. It's scary. It's a little yeah. concerning. Yeah. A little bit. Yep. So Max was born, we presume, in 1971, just because everybody else was. We don't know exactly the date. She essentially died on March 27th, 1986, but was revived. Mom was Susan. And according to, I can't remember if it was, I think it was one of the novels, um, had a dad named Sam. They lived in California. Obviously, Mom, Susan divorced and then married Neil Hargrove, father of Billy. So she inherited (laughs) stepbrother Billy. Yeah. And I would really like some background on what happened to Susan between season three and season four yeah because she did a 180 she was you know it felt like didn't you think yeah no i agree there's all kinds of unanswered questions just (laughs) add it to add it to the list yes i will (laughs) i will so they moved to hawkins presumably at the end of october 1984 because that's when she shows up at school for the first time before she shows up at school though we see mad max has the high score on dig dug much to Dustin's dismay. The first time we actually see Max is when she pulls up to school with Billy to the tune of Rocky Like a Hurricane when he kind of squeals in and the the three girls admire his nice little ass. (laughs) And Uh, I'm pretty sure one of those girls is Madeline Klein from Outer Banks. Yes, I think you'd said that. And obviously Carol was one of them. Yeah, and Carol's with them. Yep. And then Max gets introduced to the class with Mr. Clark. Ah, this must be our new student. Indeed it is. All yours. All right, hold up there. You don't get away that easy. Come on up. Don't be shy. Dustin, drum roll. Class, please welcome 
all the way from sunny California, the latest passenger to join us on our curiosity voyage, Maxine. It's Max. Sorry? Nobody calls me Maxine. It's Max. Which is, it's just, it's, it's a great opening scene. I mean, it's the first lines that she has in the whole series and you get right off the bat that she's kind of a tomboy, kind of a loner. When she's a, mad. But kind of don't mess with me, you know, yeah. um, um, planting my flag right here and you all just kind of back off. Which is, Do you which remember is all of the like chitter chatter about when they released that season, that episode title? And they, no. everyone was wondering, like, who, like, there were so many, like, oh, I think it's going to be a new, like, this is going to be the bully of the season. Or, you know, oh, pretty really? much everyone thought it was going to be a dude. And then, you know, and then she shows up. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. So, yeah, she's just a great character. I mean, I, I love how they wrote her, you know, kind of as the, the gruff, no-nonsense tomboy kind of, you know, on the on the margins but you know you could totally kind of see her fitting in eventually once everybody kind of gets to know her and everything yeah obviously has some hidden talents learn to drive in middle school can can pick a lock when she well yeah that was another thing they just kind of gave her this like bad girl aura like she was kind of a troublemaker maybe but then mm -hmm. it, that did not come to fruition at all no not at all but I, I I do, I remember one of the scenes that I really remember strongly with her was when they went out trick-or-treating and she jumped out at them with the Michael Myers mask oh, yeah. on, which I, I thought was just- I just remember how Lucas screams. <laughs> yeah, it was, just, it was just such a great little scene. So yeah, I mean, she's just, I mean, I could, I could go kind of on and on all day about Max. I love actually how well-written the relationship with Elle was because- I was just about to say, I wish that they had- gotten more into it yes i i agree with that but i think the way that they kind of handled it and and they weren't automatic best buddies just because they were the only two girls for 100 miles no, in the direction because 11 was mean to her yeah yeah because the first time they meet is when l comes back from the lost sister but she flipped her off the skateboard remember because she was yeah. skateboarding around well Mike that's true but when they actually met mm -hmm. was in in the cabin and Max goes up to her and says, hi, I'm Max. And, and she brushes right past And Elle just brushes right past her, yeah. But then we get into season three where, you know, they kind of start bonding and obviously, you know, wind up at the mall together and stuff. And then I was just reading today, I don't remember where I was reading, and it was a, it was a little tidbit that I never caught. I don't know if you ever caught it or not, but in the sauna test episode when they were locking Billy in the sauna at the pool, Max had her hair pulled back with like a green scrunchie in it. And then at the very end of episode eight in season three, when they're packing up and leaving in the U-Haul, Elle has that green scrunchie in her hair. Which was to kind of offset Eleven's blue scrunchie. Like, is that what you were saying? Well, it's it, Max gave it to Eleven at the end of season three. Presumably. We, it was off screen. Oh, okay, okay. And then but you it's, see... In the, in the, in the, we, we see it in the scene yes. when they're all packing up to leave. It's in Elle's hair. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, I thought that was kind of a neat little thing. So, I went back and kind of pulled my Hall of Fame moments for Max from the entire run of Stranger Things so far. And it started for me with the scene in the hallway at school when Lucas and Dustin invite her to go trick-or-treating. 
and she pulls out my that's presumptuous of you which i thought was just it was such a neat little it's kind of like a little throwaway scene but it was just a really oh yeah neat... no it was great because it i don't know i feel like it definitely highlighted how good of friends gayton and sadie and caleb are in real life mm-hmm. because i i know gayton has spoken very fondly of her in his interviews and in saying that while he loved season one he felt like they weren't complete until sadie came along and it was like she was the missing piece of the puzzle that they didn't know they were missing yeah that's really sweet i like that then i can't not include the fight that she has with billy when she finally stands up to him when he comes to the house to joyce's house and Mm -hmm. she stabs him in the neck and then you know kind of threatens him with the bat it's it's this scene from here on out you leave me and my friends alone do you understand screw you So she's still kind of badass at this point, but then at the end of season three, well, throughout all of season three, but certainly at the end of season three, when she loses Billy and that whole scene, she really, really got a chance to shine and really, you know, kind of sink her teeth into a, to a moment. I mean, and, and like how devastating is this bit here? And I feel like it broke her to the point of like almost irreparable. Like it just, she doesn't really come back from it. Yeah. At least from what we've seen so far in season four. No, absolutely. And I I think it it was another one of those little throwaway things, but in that bit at the end of season three, when they're reading the letter or when Hopper's letter is narrating, Mm -hmm. you know, there's all kinds of little flashbacks and little you know things of you know how people are coping and then there's one quick shot of max sitting on the bed in billy's room just bawling and yeah yeah, i mean i think well and i'm i'm glad that they that they touched on why she was so sad because it kind of if you didn't have that background of knowing that she blamed herself for his death Mm -hmm. then it just seemed kind of off like you hated him and he was a terrible person. Like, why are you so upset? But then you find out that she blamed herself in season four. And that's why she's so depressed and so upset about everything. Right. Which which leads me to obviously like her shining moment in season four, which is reading the letter at, at Billy's grave. I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry, Billy. Love your shitty little sister, Max. And it's just, it's just so well done and so heartbroken. And I remember thinking at the time, 
probably the third or fourth time I watched it. I kind of went back and watched it again, just, you know, to kind of analyze everything and look at everything and, and was really paying attention to the words and thinking about how they could have been said much differently. You know, mm-hmm. they could, they could have been more kind of cheesy. They kind of, you know, and I think she just nailed it exactly how she had to in that scene. And I just, no, it was, it was great. great. And she, I don't know. I remember before season four came out and we knew that the episode title was Dear Billy. There was so many people saying like, I'm not going to buy it if she's this upset over Billy dying. I'm not going to like, that just doesn't seem realistic. Yada, 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 because people right. love to be mad about stuff. And everybody kind of shut up real quick after they, after yeah. they saw the scene. And I, I credit it to Sadie's acting. Yeah, Absolutely. And then the last one I, I thought of was the one we actually talked about in, oh. and I played the clip in the scariest, strange, what was the, what was the episode we did? The the top five scariest moments. Scariest moments. When she just is, is dying in Lucas's arms and, you know, credit Caleb too, because he does a oh, great, gosh. great job in the scene. But we just, I, we just got to play it again. It's just, so here's the scene. Yes, I'm here. I'm here. I, I can't feel or see anything. I know, I know. It's okay. We're gonna get you some help, okay? Just, just hold on. Look, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I know. I know. I know. I don't want to die. I'm not ready. You're not gonna die. Please just hang on. I don't want to go on. I don't want to push. You're not gonna die. Just, just hang on. It breaks my heart. And really, <laughs> honestly, like, well... It's both of them. It's it's her saying she doesn't want to die is what kills me mm-hmm. every single time. Yeah. And then when he yells for Erica, for yeah, help, and, and the fact which that, was ad libbed, and the fact that he's kind of yell crying and not yelling upset, you know that mm-hmm. he's he's vulnerable and he's weak and he doesn't know what to do and he's admitting it. I mean, he's playing it that way, which I, which I thought was really good. So yeah, that. <sighs> That's about all I got for Max. I don't know if you want to throw anything else in or if we want to just get right into the emails. I'm going to, we'll post some links. There's all kinds, the YouTube is, the YouTube, YouTube is full of all kinds of neat little, you know, Max Mm. Mayfield kind of montage videos. So we'll post a couple of those. And yeah, one of them is great. It's called Max being sassy for five minutes straight, which I think is great. So we'll post links to those, but. No, I can't think of anything. I, I mean, I love her as a character. She's, I can't remember where I put her in my top five. Was she in my top five? She was number three for you. You had Hopper, Steve, Max, Dustin, Lucas were one, two, three, four, five. So you were, she was three for you. Yeah. And she didn't start out that way. So it, it's a credit to her acting and how much I love the character. And I curse the Duffers for, for making her suffer the way that she did. But I knew, I knew like just from my, from my leaker friends that, knew certain things before the series came out that everyone was saying max is not going to have a good time this season no no she didn't no she was great at it she was really good at it but yeah Yeah, but i'm just oh my gosh i'm ready for season five just so i can stop worrying about her yeah just get some resolution one way Mm -hmm. or the other just so you know what's going on so okay let's get into some emails you want to you want to start off our first one is a new email writer harry in Seattle, Harry, did you see any of the Love is Blind being filmed? Because that's where they filmed it this season. That's what I'm covering for work. There you go. 
All right. Harry says, hello, Whitney, Colin, and all the other scoopers. I found you guys too late to take part in some of the previous discussions, but I've been binging all four seasons of your pod. Great work. Thanks, Harry. Every time I rewatch the series and I rewatch the show often, I wonder how Susan would react when she discovered what Lucas has gotten her daughter mixed up in. Max would explain that they went down into a tunnel beneath a farm with cans of gasoline and a lighter, and that would be it. I'd be dragging her home by the wrist, trying to figure out how we could get back to California with no money. They wouldn't even have to get to the part about the monsters. Lucas and his buddies would be persona non grata, just on that alone. You would think, but I don't know. Season four, Susan, is she is not. Not at all. Season three, Susan. Yeah. No. Maybe three. season three would have done that. But Took a bit of a spiral. Yeah. Yeah. She's having a, she's. She's having a bit of a dip. Yeah. <laughs> Susan is. A little, little dip. Yeah. Anyways, love Max, and I think Sadie Sink does a fantastic job in the role. In that scene in the first episode of season four, where she's walking through the hall, observing people without talking to them, I thought, this kid is going to be a movie star. Good luck to her. Keep up the good work. And if you want an idea for an episode, what about thinking up happy endings for all the main characters post season five? I'd love to share my thoughts on Steve from Harry, not Harriet. In Seattle. That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Uh, we could there, do our own there are fan several, fiction. There are several theories out there. So that's a, that's a good idea. Yeah. Next one's from Madeline in Maryland, who always starts by saying wet, moist, squelching approaches. Hey, Colin and Whitney, it's Madeline. You asked where we were from in the last episode, and I'm from Maryland. And yes, and if you have not had Old Bay seasoning, you haven't lived. And I have, and I do like it. I have Old Bay. Yeah, it's good. I have had Old Bay. <laughs> you can't, you can't. I thought you meant you just have it downstairs somewhere. <laughs> no, I have had it. And also there are these fries in Philly that they sell at this one restaurant and they, I can't remember what the name of them are, but really it's just French fries with Old Bay seasoning on them. Oh, well, there you go. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, she says, here are my top five favorite Max lines. And her first one is when the Hellfire Club recruiting is going on and it's, it's, it's it's one of my favorite scenes too when she's with Dustin and it's the whole sarcastic and really do I get one of those cool shirts bits which is just really good then Madeline also said another one of her favorites was when Lucas was in the arcade with her in season two and explaining you know all the backstory and everything and blah 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 and she says you know I just felt it was a little derivative in some parts (laughs) then when in season four they're kind of plotting and everything and, and pulling the whole plan together. And she's telling the gang to just take out Beckton. She says, just try not to miss, which is a good one. Yeah. And then the scene that I mentioned earlier, where she said, I didn't realize it was such an honor to go trick or treating with you to Dustin and Lucas. <laughs> and then finally she says the confrontation with Billy that we mentioned at the, when he, she stabs him with the syringe and then hits him with the bat and says, you know, basically say it, you know, say that you're going to just leave me and my friends alone. Well, anyway, that's it. She says, love your podcast. Wet, moist, squishy, squelching departs. Cue Whitney's vomit sound. (gasps) There it is. There it is. Okay. Our next email is from Tilly in Tennessee. She says, it's Tilly here, and I am so excited about today's episode. I love Max so much. She is so badass, and I love her spunk. I'll keep this email short because I know tons of people love her, and tons of people will write in on this one. Here are three things I love about Max. Number three, Sadie Sink is such a talented actress. I think every scene Max has, Sadie executes beautifully. It's so cool how she's able to put herself in Max's position and really be Max. Number two, I have to mention Mucus. I hate that ship name. (laughs) I hate, I'm sorry, Tilly, it's nothing against you. I hate the ship name Mucus. Why wouldn't it just be Lumax? I mean, isn't it Lumax more than Mucus? Lumax, I like better. Yes. 
Anyways, since I am the biggest fan of them ever, the way Max ignored what other people thought of him and loved him for who he was on the inside was so cute. And number one, finally, I think her independence is very inspiring. There is more to life than stupid boys. I think she has really inspired young girls like me to not care about what other people think and encouraged us to be ourselves. I'm looking forward to what everyone has to say about our favorite Zoomer. And remember to keep that curiosity door open. Yeah, that's that's the number one thing I tell Evie and I've told her her entire life. I'm like, it doesn't matter what anybody, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Yeah. Just do what you want to do. Just do your thing. Yep. Yeah. Good advice. Next one's from Eve in the UK. It says, ahoy, Colin and Whitney. I hope you guys are okay. Yes, Whitney and other listeners who don't call them this, mocks, remember we talked about this in the last one, mm-hmm. are just prep exams. So we don't get all thrown into the deep end when it comes to the real Wait, thing. Why would you take a, like, why do you take practice exams? Though? Well, we take the PSATs, or some people did. It might be kind well, of yeah, but that's like for, are these like every year they have them? I think it's kind of like a. Or is it like the ACT, SAT type? Thing? Yeah, I think it's kind of like a finals or like a, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, seeing as I'm in the last year, the real thing is rapidly approaching, so you can consider me royally panicked. But you guys help a lot. I often listen to this on breaks from revisions, and it's great to hear the loads of people who are all united by one very strange thing. Anyway, top five about my favorite Zoomer, Max Mayfield. One, she is so trusting. When Max heard about the Demogorgon in the shady lab and a telekinetic 12-year-old, she was understandably skeptical. But eventually she, she took Lucas at his word and when in the junkyard, she stood her ground and helped defend Steve from something she didn't think could even exist. Two, she really helped Eleven understand what it's like to be a teenager. Elle wasn't too warm with Max when she first met her at all. But Max overlooked that, becoming someone who really helped Elle to blossom in a world that was completely different than the white corridors and cold floors that she grew up in. They became so close that they would risk each other's life for each other, which is, unfortunately is sort of what happens. Number three, she's brave. Max would do anything to protect the party, and that bravery could propel her to the ends of the earth. She fought against things she didn't believe in when she arrived in Hawkins, and she was so brave when near Billy. She always stood her ground and never let him intimidate her. Four, she isn't afraid to show her emotions. Having said that about Billy, Max also wasn't afraid to say that. While she didn't enjoy being with him, she did miss him and the normality that his arrogance brought. She isn't afraid to show she's scared or upset or nervous about whatever's come whatever's to come in the party's next fight. She isn't afraid to show Lucas she loves him. It's just a matter of how and when. And then five, she never took no for an answer. From Max's first appearance, she was told by Mike she couldn't be in the party. She was told by Billy she couldn't hang out with Lucas. She was told not to go to the junkyard that night with Steve, not to sacrifice her in the hope of defeating Vecna. And ultimately, she did every one of those things. She is driven by determination and friendship, and that always shines through in her actions. And a bonus, she could drive when she was in middle school. If that's not a great thing about Max, then I don't know what else is. So, guys, those are my top things about Max. I'm really happy this was chosen as a deep dive. She is just such a wholesome character. Until next time, Eve. Agreed. Great list. Uh, Next up, we have Matt. He says, going back to Alien real quick. I got busy and forgot to send thoughts. The chest bursting scene is so visceral and shocking. If you watch the behind the scenes, when you see Veronica Cartwright in the background crying, that's real. She's not acting. Several of them didn't know there was someone under the table with the puppet, so when fake blood and other things went flying, they were surprised for sure. Very cool movie and worth watching, especially if you like Scott's later films. Number five, she has definitely left her mark on the party and on us all. I love the character's journey she is on and hope the way it culminates in season five makes sense. I seem to be on an island. No one in my circle has seen all of Stranger Things and they have excuses about why they quit after season one or whatever. None of my coworkers get my Stranger Things jokes and roll their eyes when I talk about it. You guys are my lifeline. <laughs> Thanks for the great podcast. I look forward to it every two weeks. Hearing your intro song and voices make my day. Well, 
Thanks, man. Glad we could glad we could be of assistance. We like doing it, so that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, from Ellie in Greece. Hey, Colin and Whitney. No Greek words this week. I threw that in. <laughs> <laughs> it just struck me. She didn't yeah. get any Greek nope. words, so we're, so we're good. Oh my God, it was so weird hearing my voice on a podcast, especially yours, which is my favorite podcast of all time. So cool. Also, I love how Whitney calls her mom by her first name. Sophie D was asking you all these questions, so I had one of my own. I know you mentioned that you met through work, but I was wondering if you could tell me how. I know you both work in entertainment, and I know Whitney writes articles about shows for her job, but I'm not clear on what Colin does. Well, I, I do marketing for a construction company, actually, full-time. Yeah. But we met back in the day, many, many years ago. 2009? Yes. There used to be a website called Examiner where they would literally pay us pennies to write articles. Like they would pay us, like we got, like, I think when I started, I really got paid a penny, a penny view. Yeah. And Colin, I was like the Kentucky Examiner and Kentucky Entertainment Examiner. And Colin was like the National Entertainment Examiner. And I reached out to him because I was like, I am this is where I'm going to get my big break. <laughs> it was like, excuse me, sir. Do you have any tips on making it in the entertainment industry as a reporter? And he emailed me back and we randomly just started chatting. I think we started talking about Disney World because you guys, I was planning a visit or you were planning a visit yeah. or something. Yeah, because I, well, I was a movie critic at the time, too. So I was, yeah. I was doing a lot of movie reviews and that kind of stuff. And I think you really wanted to kind of get into that and stuff. So you were asking yeah. me how to become kind of a movie critic because I was yes. for local theater and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And over the years, so I've always been in like marketing and communications. And so is Colin and we did that on the side. And then eventually I got my job at cheat sheet, which really is an actual job and not like examiner where I do write articles about entertainment right. and TV shows. So you're still doing it. And I've just moved on to podcasts. So. Yes, but, yes. But yeah, I mean, um, we knew each other for how many years? Seven before we before ever we met in person. Before we ever saw each other in person, I think. When did yeah. we go to Boston? I want to say 2015. 15. Yes, because I had. No, 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 no. It was 2016. 16. Because okay. I had just gotten married and gotten back for my honeymoon. And then I went to Boston. Right. Yeah. So seven years before we ever even met each other face to face. And, but now we've attended like two conferences together. We've been to Universal Studios. We went to, yeah. Universal time. together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like our families are like, know each other. Yeah. Like our daughters are friends on like social media. So yeah, yeah they've, uh, it's been a, it's been a wild ride, but it that is been. exactly how it's very weird, but that is how we met. Yeah. Okay, back to Ellie. She says, anyway, to Max. As I've mentioned before, Max is my absolute favorite character. I love her so much. She's a badass girl with the most gorgeous hair in the universe. I'm stuck with just brown hair. <laughs> well, to, if, don't feel too bad because redheads are, are, are getting rarer and rarer as yeah. the time goes on. Yep. Although, to be fair, I do have pretty beautiful curls. Well, that's good. I feel I'm jealous. Like, yeah, I feel like she's a very realistic character, except for the one scene where three months after her brother died, she takes a break from being depressed to sing the never-ending story with her boyfriend, but then goes back to being depressed. She also has great taste in music. Also, question, how do you run up a building? I keep picturing I keep picturing running up a wall. Does it just mean she's running down a hall or something? And I have no idea. It's just one of those songs that you sing the lyrics without paying attention to what the lyrics actually mean, so... Oh, I didn't even know that that was actually yeah. in the run lyrics. Up the road, I like run up the road, run up that building. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm really bad at hearing lyrics. No, I am too. I just, I just sing the songs. Yeah. Max is smart, is a great friend, has a good sense of humor. She also looks good with braids and can have them without looking like a five-year-old. She is brave. She is amazing in every way. One thing I wish I could have known what her letters to the boys she wrote when she thought she was dying said. This actually is a good one. Also, I oh, wish- I think we're I think we're going to see that. I have a feeling that they will open those letters in season five. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Also, I wish Max could somehow not be blind next season, although I don't see how that could happen. I also forgot to mention any admirer of JJ on Outer Banks is a friend of mine. So Whitney's daughter, Evie, you're a friend of mine, whether you like it or not. <laughs> she will be thrilled. She loves her some Rudy. I forget how you say his last name. I think it's Pankow. P-A-N-K-A-W. And he's, he's a doll. I love him. He's cool. cute. But that is Evie's loves him to death. Cool. All right. Our next email is from Harriet. Harriet's in Australia. For any of you new listeners out there. She says, hi, Colin and Whitney. Sorry for the late email. I'm currently writing this in band. Harriet, are you supposed to be doing work? Or are you supposed to be emailing your favorite podcast hosts? <laughs> My max top three are definitely one. She's an amazing character with great development throughout the series. Number two, she is so brave and so daring. I definitely would not just accept I'm going to die from the hands of a D&D villain. Number three, Max is definitely the friend all of the party needed, especially Elle and Lucas. Anyways, currently in band, we are playing the themes from Ghostbusters, Flintstones, Jaws, Jurassic Park. Fun fact, Harriet, in eighth grade, at my piano recital, all the other kids were picking like classical music to play. I picked the theme song to Jurassic Park. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I can still play it. Nice. The Adams Family, The Muppets, and Scooby-Doo. Those are the other ones that she's learning how to play. Lots of really fun pieces. I, yes, those are, I'm, yeah, those are cool. pretty sweet. And also we're playing the theme from Schindler's List, although none of us know what that is. <laughs> That's all I got for today. Lots of love, Harriet. So Schindler's List, do you, I'm assuming you don't know what the movie is either. It's one of the saddest movies you could ever watch. Oh, God. It's just, it's one I saw once and said it was fantastic. Yep. Excellent. Never watch it again. And will not watch it again. Nope. Nope. That's how I feel about the Green Mile, too. Yeah. Can't ever do it again. Nope. All right. Next one is from Esme in England. And she says, hi, Colin and Whitney. Max is my absolute favorite character ever. And I'm so excited to write about her. She is witty and funny. And I love watching her join and become a crucial part of the friend group in season two. Her and Elle's friendship in season three is absolutely amazing. And I love the scene where they're hanging out at the mall together. I also love the way she puts the boys in their place. Not that they always deserve it, but it's nice to see someone else take control. In season four, she is so brave and awesome. And I always love the softer moments between her and Lucas. In the last episode, I was crying my eyes out when she snapped, and I have no idea how Sadie didn't win an Emmy for that performance. Anyways, that was heartbreaking. Thanks, guys. Uh, Yeah, like, I've, I've said it once. I'll say it again. I'd try watching it sleep-deprived at, yeah. at, at 5 a.m. Yeah, certainly and, worth a nomination, if, if nothing else. But, yeah, that was, yeah. That, was, that was some good stuff. So, All right, next one's from our old buddy Jason in Toronto. It says, hey, Colin and Whitney, it's a toss-up between Max and Robin as to who is my favorite of those characters added after season one. Sadie Sink should have been nominated for a slew of awards for her work, specifically in season four and the Dear Billy episode in particular. Not Stranger Things related, but she was also amazing in The Whale. As for Max, I love the friendship she has developed with Eleven in season three, plus her showing up with a Michael Myers mask at Halloween was great in season two. I mentioned that. I don't recall hearing it in any of the podcasts, but I am curious as to how you guys officially met up. 
Now you know. Now you know. What is the origin story of this great friendship that has brought us this amazing podcast? Thanks for filling the dark void with this great podcast, guys. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Our next email is from Addie in California. She says, hi, it's the one and only Addie. So today is my best friend's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, friend. Best friend of Addie. And she absolutely loves Max, so here are my favorite things about her. Number one, she speaks up for herself and her friends. Number two, she's a badass. Number three, she went through a hard childhood but is still happy. And number four, she is an amazing friend to Eleven. And number five, she and Lucas, just 10 out of 10. Do I have to say anything else? No, you do not. Thank you so much. All right, our next one is Sophie D in Utah, and she says, Hi, guys, it's me, Sophie, again. I just have to say that Maxine Mayfield is a queen. I love her so much, she can't die. She just can't. She is such an iconic character. She is my favorite character ever. If Max dies, I die. Okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) All right, our last Max email is from Sophie G in Ireland. Says, Hi, it's Sophie here again. I'm so glad you guys decided to do this episode. I love Max. And I have a lot to say about her. First of all, before I begin to talk about her, I have a small bit of news I forgot to mention. Earlier this year, my friend's dad went on a work trip and he met Gaten Matarazzo in the airport and took a selfie with him. I saw the picture and I was so jealous. It was so cool. Unfortunately, I don't have the picture anymore as it was on my old phone, which broke. Sad face. Anyway, Max is my fourth favorite character after Steve, Robin, and Dustin. So I'm going to do five good things about her. One, Max is a sense of fun in the party and sees a way to have fun with Eleven, who she barely knows. Two, she tries to give advice and is often quite wise. Three, she ties the group together. Four, she's independent and brave. And five, she's amazing and fun and very likable. And then Sophie adds five bad things, but adds in parentheses, I'm preparing to struggle with these. Number one, she can sometimes be selfish. Number two, she can come off as standoffish. Number three, sometimes ends up being kind of mean, to quote Officer Callahan. <laughs> Number four, she gave kind of bad relationship advice to Eleven. Yeah. And number five, she needs to open up more to her friends. But I think I think that kind of evolved. That's, you know, being mm-hmm. the new kid in a new school and everything. That's kind of, I, I get what you're saying, Sophie. And I think that, you know, we saw that progression. So. Yeah. In saying all that, everything I said makes me love Max's character more. Bye for now. Fun fact, the guy who plays Officer Callahan, he has a new role as yet another police officer in uh yellow jackets oh cool i should watch that i haven't watched that oh it's so good i did just watch daisy jones and the six which is phenomenal oh was it really good i really liked it i could not get into the book i didn't i didn't really like almost famous which is very similar to what it is but what i didn't i don't love it as much as everybody else it's a fine movie but i don't as cameron crow movies go there are about four that are better than that one in other emails we have a new emailer Mimi, she says, hi, Colin and Whitney. My name is Mimi and I'm 18 years old. This is my first time emailing in, but I've been an avid listener for a while. I know I'm super late, but I'd love to share some of my top fives. This email might be pretty long. So if you do choose to read it, feel free to just read some of the highlights. The music is one of my favorite parts of the show, but I just managed to choose a top five needle drops. So here we go. Number five, Cindy Lauper, Time After Time in season two, episode nine. Number four, Kate Bush, Running Up That Hill, season four, episode four. Just all of season four, I feel like. Yeah, pretty much. Kate Bush. Uh, Number three, The Cars, Moving in Stereo, season three, episode one. She says, I love the reference to Phoebe Cates in Fast Times. And David Montgomery is just really hot. Mm -hmm. I do not find him hot. I feel like I'm in the minority. I just do not. Without his mullet and without his mustache. Like like ordinary, Uh, ordinary, everyday looking Daker, I I can see as attractive. I... mm. That's fine. I don't know. No, I that's just fine. don't. I don't that's know. Fine. 
Number two, The Bangles, Hazy Shade of Winter, season one, episode two. If you love The Bangles version of Hazy Shade of Winter, let me introduce you to the Umbrella Academy and its version of Hazy Shade of Winter by Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance. It is amazing, and I will even say that it is better than the original. Yeah. Shocking. That's how much I love it. Uh, number one, Metallica, Master of Puppets, season four, episode nine. I know it's another obvious choice, but I'm super into metal, and I think the scene is just so badass. Yeah. I wanted to add an honorable mention of my least favorite musical moment, Africa, by Toto, playing when Steve and Nancy are making out in season one, episode one. I like the scene itself, but for some reason, I cannot think of a less sexy song <laughs> to be getting it on to. So, first, I just saw Toto live. Like, Oh, that's right, yeah. Ago. Yeah, yep. and so I got to see Journey and see them singing separate ways which is awesome yeah and they did toto did perform africa and while i love that song i kind of agree with mimi that it is not really a no sexy time song for anybody so um also mimi we know you sent in a bunch more lists but we're gonna we're just gonna include them in other episodes so you just get you know you just get a little guest appearance and future episodes for yeah there you go okay we're gonna have to wrap things up with kind of a, a a different and a kind of a a very special email, but I don't want to sound condescending about it because it's a, it's a really nice email from Doug in Buffalo. So bear with us because it's a little bit long, but I think it's, it's really good and really important. So hi, Whitney and Colin. First time, long time. I appreciate your dedication to the deep, dark void. After the alien episode, I felt compelled to share my story with you all. My wife and I separated last year just as season four release was approaching. My daughters are 11 and eight, and needless to say, this was a very difficult period. I was finding some peace and escape by rewatching from the beginning of the series leading up to the new season, and very early on, my oldest asked if she could join me. I considered if she was old enough to do so and blessed it. It was a wonderful decision. We bonded and found happiness together, watching an episode every night after her sister went to bed. It helped me and her immensely through such a difficult time. Once we got into season four, I was making such loud, audible reactions to things, peeking at Max levitating and escaping Vecna, that my younger daughter had had enough of being woken up and forced herself in too. I was hesitant at first, given her age, but it went fine. We finished season four and then watched the whole series again for my younger daughter. More wonderful bonding. Fairly melodramatic here, but Stranger Things turned out to be a godsend in fighting the emotional struggles of the divorce. Entering the deep, dark void, we searched for something new, but we ended up watching plenty of 80s movies, including several from your influencer episodes like Goonies and Ghostbusters. When we looked for another, Alien had entered my mind, and I told my oldest about it, and she was interested. She asked, Dad, is this scarier than Stranger Things? I said, yes. Yes, it is. (laughs) She rolled her eyes at me like a typical sixth grader and said, yeah, whatever, let's watch it. We're halfway through it. She realized I wasn't lying. She really enjoyed it, though, and we had a great time snuggling in fear. Note, my younger daughter did not join us. (laughs) Anyway, on to Max, my favorite character. It was such a wonderful surprise to see her in such a prominent role in season four. Sadie is amazing. Is she not suddenly the best actor or actress on this show? You're right up there, certainly, yeah. Yeah. Here are a few things I love about Max and Sadie. Her facial expressions, so sarcastic, so subtle, so funny, so powerful. The small things Sadie does in emotional scenes are amazing. A quick bite of her lip, quick movements with her eyes, the smile she gives Lucas when they're talking with notepads. During all my personal struggles, Max's story humbly reminded me of the dangers of shutting down and the strength of friendship. Plus, I love her outfits. Can't get over her reaction to Lucas's tell-all story in season two in the arcade when she's telling her the secrets, when he's telling her the secrets. 
clever Duffer Brothers for including a direct reflection of those who wanted to criticize season one. Yes, it was. We mentioned mm-hmm. that. At the time. So thanks very much for keeping the pod going. It gives me something to enjoy when I don't have my girls with me. P.S. Episode suggestion. Top five episodes, of course, but maybe this would be better the further we get away from season four. Also, top five Ted lines. And, then, <laughs> and he includes threaten them with a little jail time. Maybe that'll loosen their lips. <laughs> One last thing. Flashback to an earlier topic. Things we do differently. I wish Tommy and Carol were still around to get hit with a roller skate or melted by a gate opening. Thank you. That, is, that was a great that email. Is, yes. It's, and I totally get like having a comfort show, like 100%. It, I did that with the Umbrella Academy. I got a tattoo because I loved yep. it so much. And yep. it, people ask me all the time. They're like, oh, is it for, you know, I have the umbrella on my wrist. And people are like, oh, is that for Umbrella Academy? And I just say yes. But really, it's like. The Umbrella Academy kind of provided a little bit of an umbrella for me during, you know, a pretty crappy time. So, yeah, I, you know, I totally get it. And I love that you love that you got to bond with your daughters that way. It's really sweet. Yes. So thank you, Doug. Yes. So we are going to do something a little bit different. Not, I mean, kind of, but not really. I don't know. In our next episode, we are going to do our top five Colin moments. But we realize that we have a younger audience and that a lot of you guys don't know, don't have these moments to look back on and have Colin moments. So if you're, if you want to submit your Colin moments because you have memories of that time, that's what we want. Top five. Or if you have questions about whether or not something is, did this really happen in the 80s? Was this accurate? Or your top five moments that you feel are like describe the eighties to you. Does yeah. that describe is that yeah? So good? yeah, just anything that kind of, you know, if you were there makes you nostalgic for the eighties or something that, you know, the set director set decorators got really well or the costume designers did really well mm-hmm. or the music or, you know, that kind of thing. Or just But I'm talking about for the want. littles. Like and then and then our our our, our littles. Yeah, we'll call them our littles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, you you know of the 80s and the general zeitgeist and, you know, kind of what came out of the 80s and stuff. So anything that you thought was particularly 80s-tastic or something that you just didn't understand or, you know, mm-hmm. why on earth do these phones have cords on them and, you know, stuff like that. So, yes. or, or what is a phone booth or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so you can do a list, you can write a little essay, you can ask questions, whatever you want to do. But we'll be talking about kind of the top five nostalgic Colin moments of, of Stranger Things so far. Yes. So that'll be next. So if you want to get us your emails by April, April 9th. 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 Yep. Yeah. It'll, that's it'll, Easter Sunday. Yep. So April 9th would be the deadline for those. You can email those to scoopshoypod at gmail.com. As always, you can find us on social media. We are on Twitter and Facebook under scoopshoypod. And if you like, listening to our podcast which i if you've made it this far i have to assume that you kind of do uh if you could leave us a review on <laughs> let's hope so iTunes. you're not being yeah. forced to <laughs> yeah if you could leave us a review on itunes that really helps us build our credibility and it puts us in front of other listeners like yourself so if you subscribe you'll get notifications but if you leave us a review it helps us out and gives us it just gives me a little spark of joy yeah when i see a new review absolutely on there So, as always, I want to thank everybody for listening, and I hope you tune in next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.
Stranger Things audio clips and official score are the property of Netflix. Incidental music by Blue Mount Score from Pixabay.